So you walk into shul one day, you realize that you left your talis at home, or you're out of town, you buy a simcha, and you didn't uh, remember to bring your talis. Another example, you wake up late, you go to the other shul in your community, and you don't have your talis on you, so you're using either your friend's talis in that shul, or you are using the shul's talis. And the question is, do you make a bracha, or are you allowed to use a talis that's not yours? So the premise is that for some reason, the the, the talis has to be yours in order to make this bracha, and that is a correct assumption, because the Gemara in Menachas, and the Gemara in Chulun, Chulun Kofiur, Menachas Lamedvav, the Gemara tells us, based on the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Ksuscha. When it, when it describes Tzitzis, it says, Ksuscha, your garment. So only your garment are you mechoyev to put Tzitzis on, but on someone else's garment that you're wearing, you are not obligated to put Tzitzis on it. So the Gemara tells us, Hashoyo mechaveri talis, she'edem says, if you borrowed a four-cornered <coughs> clothing from your friend, and there's no tzitzis on it, and you want to know, do I have to buy tzitzis to put it on, to put it on these corners? So the Gemara says, no, you do not have to do that for 30 days. After 30 days, people will start thinking that it's yours, and then you run into issues of maris ayin. There is a parallel discussion when it comes to mezuzah. If someone's borrowing someone's home, someone's apartment for for a couple weeks, so if you're borrowing it from someone who actually keeps... Hilchus mezuzah, they're Jewish, and they observe halacha, obviously they would have mezuzah anyways, but let's say you're borrowing from a friend who's not Jewish, and after a couple weeks, you're still there. So at some point, people are going to assume it's your house, and then you have to put a mezuzah on, mishum maris ayin. So, that's the Gemara. Hashem, someone who borrows a four-cornered baggage is not mechoyev to put tzitz on it. But the Rush points out, let's say you borrow it when it's already... When it already has tzitzis, you borrowed a talus. You borrowed a regular Judaic talus from your friend. So then the, the Rosh says, you would, you would make a bracha on it right away. Toysus and the Rosh pointed out that this case is different than the Gemara's case. So the Rosh asks, I don't understand. If the Gemara tells me that if it's not mine, so that I'm not chayiv and tzitzis, so why when I am borrowing a talus for, for davening or... I borrow a talus from my friend. Why all of a sudden does it become mine that I am obligated in tzitzis and I make a brach on it? So there's a similar discussion in the Rush in Kedushin. The Rush in Kedushin talks about a very common, not too common hopefully, but occasionally this does happen, where you buy a wedding and the chassan forgets the ring at home. So he's under the chuppah. The Masada Kedushin is waiting for him to show him the ring and to ask him all those questions. Is it yours? And uh, forget about the questions. Is it yours or not? He didn't bring the ring. So what they typically do is they'll use someone else's ring. They'll get some aunt or a grandmother. They'll find uh, someone willing to give their ring for the wedding and then they'll use it. So the Rosh says, let's say they did this, but they failed to tell the grandmother that we actually need to keep this. We'll give it back to you as a gift, but it's it's going to be ours for the or it's going to be the chassans for the for for you know for the next couple of days he'll give it, he'll give it back to you as a gift you know when necessary. So what if you didn't do that? So the rush says since the grandmother or the aunt she knows that you need this ring to be mekayim kedushin. You have to you're trying to to use it as a kinyan to to uh, to. Uh, for Kedushin, for a wife. So then, the Rosh says, 
she had in mind whatever you need it for. I'm giving it to you. You want to you call it borrowing. You want to call it taking. You want to call it stealing. Whatever it is you need t- to work, I'm happy to provide you. So therefore, the rush is a concept of stam das. Stam das, what a person has in mind. They have in mind that whatever is necessary in order for you to enjoy this ring, it works. So the same should apply when it comes to titsis. So when I lend my friend a talus, he comes to shul, I have an extra talus, he's looking for a talus, hey, I have an extra talus, beautiful condition, you want to borrow it? And he says yes. So the rush says, he's allowed to make a brach on it. I didn't say, it's yours, matana, manas lahachzir, the whole nine yards. It's fine. It's as if we had in mind, because I, w- I know you want to use it for a mitzvah. This is how the Shulchan Aruch paskins, the Magan Avram, the Mishnah However, the Taz is concerned that perhaps we don't paskin like this. You actually have to verbalize it. So the Mishnah Brewer says it's better, it's better if possible, to actually verbalize to your friend, I'm giving this to you, matana, almanas lahachzir, which means giving to you as a gift. Almanas lahachzir, I'm only giving it to you if you subsequently gift it back to me. Right? It has to be yours. So I actually have to give it to you, uh, a, a complete giving. I want it back, so it's only yours on condition that you gift it back to me, a different matana, whenever you're done with this mitzvah. Okay. What if you're borrowing a talis for an aliyah? Does that same halacha apply? So there's an aliyah, someone's going on for an aliyah, he's single, and he, uh, or he doesn't wear a talis, whatever the story is, and he wants to borrow my talis to go up for his aliyah, to get hagba, to get psicha. So, in that case, one could say the same thing. You would, you would have to make a, a bracha on this talus. However, the minute is not like that. And, the, and, the, and the, it's based on the fact that I give it to you for whatever you need it for. You're not using it to, be, to fulfill your mitzvah of tzitzis. You don't wear a talus. You're young, you're not married yet, according, you know, in, in many circles, then you don't wear a talus. Or it's, let's say it's mincha, or it's you already wore a talus, you're just getting an elite, let's say you're getting it covered by a bris. You buy a bris milah, and the custom is that whoever is involved in the bris with making the brachas, kriya shame, calling out the name, holding the baby, they all wear a talus. So you're not doing it to fulfill your mitzvah of talus, you're doing it because of kavarat zibor. If you're doing it for kavarat zibor, it's a cover to wear a talus, so then you're not borrowing it in order to fulfill your mitzvah. So we go back to the, I gave it, I, I lent it to you, or I gave it to you for whatever you need it for. You need it for Kavarat Sibor. It doesn't have to be yours. So it's not yours. It's still mine. You're borrowing your friend's talus and you would not make a bracha when getting an aliyah when using it for a bris milah. However, if you're doing it for davening, you come Shabbos morning or even a regular, regular shachras, you need a talus for davening. This is when you would typically wear your own talus. So in that situation, you would make a bracha. Okay. That's fine. That's all about your friend's talus. What about a shul's talus? Is that better or is that worse? So on one hand, it's more complicated because the Al-Yarab, not worse, but it's just a different story. The Al-Yarab writes that whenever you use a shul's talus, you have to make a bracha. At any time, even if you're just getting an aliyah, even if you're just going out for hagba. Why? He says a shul, many shuls historically and even in contemporary times are built as community institutions. It's not uh, a shtibu. Let's say a shtibu could be, there's one guy, a rebbe, he opens a shul, he charges people to come to his shul, and everything is his. The svarim are his, the chairs are his, the tables are his, everything is his. In a, in a different type of shul, where 
it's a community gets together, they build a shul, and the shul is owned by the community. So any member of the community has a stake in the shul. So they own the talus, and when you own part of the talus, you're mechoyev in tzitzis. So it's like you're wearing your own talus, since it's your talus itself. So, two points. What if you're a guest? It's not your community. So you wouldn't have the same level of obligation. Additionally, what if you don't pay? You don't pay dues. You're not involved in that. So it's interesting. Maybe someone else is paying dues for you and you still have some type of say. I don't know. Um, either way, that's not the reason why we we make a bracha on a, on a shul talis. I mean, it's, it's one reason. Another reason would be is that a similar concept to the rush, that the shul has talisim for whatever people need it for. And if people are using it for davening, let them make a bracha. If people are using it for an aliyah, so let them not make a bracha, they're only using it for kavodat zibor. The bare halacha, written by the Meshbura, so he's concerned for this first reason of the aliyah rabba, that you actually own it. So he says, it's better, let's say you don't want to make a bracha. You're not wearing it for a long time. So it's better to use your friend's talus for an aliyah than to use the shul talus for an aliyah because if you use the shul talus for an aliyah, you run into the problem that it's yours. And if it's yours, you uh, you would have to make a bracha on it right away. So the minig is not like this. The minig is that we may, we don't make a bracha whenever you get an aliyah. Either your friend's talus, the shul talus, you do not make a bracha. Quickly, basically, we hold that the shul has talisim for whatever people need it for. So that would be dependent on the individual putting on the talus. Additionally, two more points. If you are not doing an atifa, you're not actually wrapping yourself up in the talus. You're not doing that atifa that we do when we when we uh, when we um, when we make a bracha. We do an atifa saroish. We'll talk about that tomorrow, Mertzeshem. That's the only time, perhaps, you make a bracha according to some paiskim. We do not paskim like this, but it's a, it's a reason to, to not make a bracha when you're getting an aliyah. And finally, the Beis Yosef writes, if someone wears a talus only for cover, you're wearing a, a beget for cover. Let's say some uh, some Rabbanim, Shabbos, uh, Shabbos Shuvah Drasha, they'll uh, wear a talus. So the Beis Yosef writes that if you're only doing it for covered, you do not make a bracha on it. That's not, you're not getting any hanas, lavisha from it, and you're not even wearing it for the mitzvah. So that's why the minhag is not to make a bracha on a talus when you get an aliyah. Let's jump into the next halacha found in Shulchan Aruch Simon Yudalad, when he talks about borrowing uh, a talus. He says, what if your friend is not there? You walk into shul, and you just need a talus, and you pick up uh, someone's talus, you know, from, from a shender, from his ta- from the table, you just take out someone's talus. Is that permitted to do? So we know if someone shoyel shlomi das, if you borrow something without permission, gazlanu, you're, you're, you're a thief. It's called stealing. Don't, no one gave you permission to use someone's object. You borrow someone's car. You borrow someone's phone. Gazlanu, you're, you're a gazlan. What if I know he doesn't he doesn't mind? So then it's fine. What if I'm not sure? So by a mitzvah, the Gemara Psacham Davdala tells us there's a concept of nichlil inish that a mitzvah should be done with his money. A person is, is happy that mitzvah should be done with his money, and therefore the Shochanar writes, as long as you take care of it properly, you fold it, use it in the same place. Some places come today say you don't use it every single day, that would get on people's nerves. So in those situations, we would assume that people are happy that mitzvahs are done with their money, and one is allowed to make a bracha on a borrowed talus. There is uh, some discussion in, uh, in, the, in the later place, the Aruch HaShulchan, and later on the Tzitzeliezer, they write that perhaps today people are a little more nervous about their talus. Because the, the Gemara talks about you have certain mitzvahs 
let's say, svarim, certain things that are a mitzvah to use, but people are, are sensitive about it. They don't want anyone using it. You're going you're to ruin it. So the Tzitzel Yezer writes that maybe people are concerned by their talus that you're going to sweat it up. You have dandruff and you're going to be using their talus. Maybe they're not going to be so happy by you using it, so maybe you lose this assumption. So a few points. First of all, if you know the person doesn't mind, so you can use it, make a bracha. Second of all, I would assume most Yidin, if they knew that this was the only talus available in town, then they would they would say, okay, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not so concerned about the dandruff, use it quickly. If there is a shul talus, you should definitely use the shul talus. And a third thing is, when you are borrowing someone's talus, so if you know that you're a sweaty guy, so don't do an atifa. Don't just put it on top of your jacket. Don't do atifa sarosh. You know, don't wear it directly on, on your skin. And, and that way you could assume that the person wouldn't mind that you wore the talus, but you have to fold it back again, and you have to give it back as a matana, because you took it, matana manaslach, so you'd have to give it back as a matana, and that's how the Shechonar Paskins, mutralito talas chaveri, as long as you fold it, as long as you put it back nicely, so then you could assume your friend allowed you to wear it, so that would be the halacha when borrowing a friend's talas.